Welcome to Victory Church Podcast. At Victory, we are committed to connecting people to God, His church and their purpose. For more information, visit victorychurch.net.au. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. You know, when we get introduced, I always think, who are they talking about? We're just ordinary people. (laughs) They make us sound so good, but... And we're just so excited to be here. You know, I was, I was just thinking about um, just the richness of relationship in ministry. And, you know, we love the fact that we have had the opportunity to journey with you as a church and journey with your pastors over the last several years that it's been. And just to see what God's doing. Sometimes when we're in the midst of something ourselves, when we're surrounded by it, we don't actually see what God's doing. And when you... Uh, from from our perspective of coming and going, you you just think, oh wow, it's grown so much. It's like when you see a child when they're a certain age, and then you come back a couple of years later, and they're like up here. You think, wow, you've grown. And I just, it's exciting to me to see what God's doing. It's exciting to see what has gone before you. Exciting to see that God's been with you before. That He's here right now. But even more exciting that He's ahead of us. You know, the new campus that we went to see, I was really excited about that, but more to the point that God has already been there. You haven't started there yet. You're preparing for it, but God has already gone before you. He's already got people on his agenda there that don't know Jesus. He's got people in this room that possibly will be part of influencing those people into the kingdom. And I just think it's just exciting days to be part of. And I'm glad we get to be part of a a glimpse of what God's doing as well and see what he's doing here. But, you know, he really is doing incredible things around the globe. And I do think that we are being set up by God globally to be ready for the greatest outpouring that we've ever seen. And I don't know about you, but I am excited about that. And I'm so humbled that God chooses you and I to be part of that great day. Team, thank you. They're gone. Awesome. Thank you. So good. I want to actually look tonight at um, a woman in the Bible, but please don't turn off all the men out there. I've actually entitled this message, Man Up. But it's actually wisdom from a woman who lived a very strong a very significant, successful life. And it's the Proverbs 31 woman. And she was a woman that lived a life of more. She was somebody that didn't just live with a view that life was going to come to her, but that she prepared herself and was ready and expectant and willing to have all that God wanted for her in her lifetime. She was an example for each and every one of us in this room today. You know, oftentimes I've heard this piece of scripture, Proverbs 31, taught as a woman's Bible study. But this is actually life lessons. There are key gold nuggets from her life that we can all benefit from. And it says in, from verse 17 in Proverbs 31 that she equips and girds herself with strength, spiritual, mental and physical fitness for her God-given task and makes her arms strong. She tastes and sees that her gain from work with and for God is good. Her lamp goes not out, but it burns on continually through the night of trouble, 
privation or sorrow, warning away fear, doubt and distrust, ready for whatever lies ahead. When I read about this woman's life, I think, wow, she was just a pretty amazing lady. She was someone that lived a full life, somebody that experienced the fullness of God, that influenced other people. You know, the word gird, when I looked it up, and this is why I call this man up, the ancient term for gird actually means to man up. It means to get ready for hard work. You know, we can't have what we're not prepared to invest into. And this woman made a decision in her life that she was going to invest into the areas in her life that mattered. Spiritual, mental and physical well-being. In ancient days, when men and women, or they, they used to wear tunics with belts or, or a, um, a girdle, they used to call it. And when the men went to war, when they went to war with the Philistines or they were in for hard labour, they would lift the, the tunic up between their legs, put it into their belt and make it like shorts so that nothing could get in their way and couldn't trip them up when they went to war. And that's the, the idea that Jesus gives us. He said, make sure that you gird yourself, that you are ready, that there's nothing that's going to be a hindrance to you that will make you fall when you're in the battle. You know, we are in a spiritual battle. We're all in that together, and we need to make sure that we get savvy and are aware of what we need to do so that we can run our race, stay strong, and not trip up along the way. In Luke 12:35, Jesus was instructing the disciples and he said, keep your loins girded and your lamps burning. The same thing that this Proverbs 31 did. She kept her loins girded and her lamp burning. In other words, be prepared and live in a place of readiness. Don't be caught unaware. You know, we're going to step into a year as Victory Church this year that is going to require each and every one of us in this room to man up, so to speak, to get ready, to be prepared, because expansion is on the horizon. And we need to gird up and keep our lamps full. She models to us the key to being ready, to the key to having more is staying connected to God. And this is the message that God has really really saying loudly to the body of Christ globally, you need to make sure you don't do it in your own strength. Stay connected to me. Gain strength and wisdom from me. And that's what this woman did. Keep him as our priority, our purpose and our source and surrender continually to him. She had all her checks and balances in place and then she invested into the spiritual mental and physical areas of her life, like I said. And that's what enabled her to work with and for God and fulfil the mantle that he placed on her life. You know, oftentimes when you see people trip up and get taken out of the race, it's because they haven't kept the balance in their life. Not necessarily they're bad people, but they just needed to take the priority checks, and say, have I got these in balance? And we have them in balance like this woman did. We can have successful, significant lives like she did. In other words, she lived out of her spirit, not 
her soul man. So when soul stuff came her way, she was strong enough in her spirit to stand and not be tripped up. You know, the definition of spirit means the essence, the life force, supernatural. And that's where she was tapped into. She wasn't tapped into the natural abilities and capabilities that she had. She was tapped into another place, another source, the supernatural place that invigorated her, strengthened her, gave her wisdom for life. It says in trouble, in privation, and in sorrow that fear, doubt, and distrust had no place to find rest. I love that. In other words... In difficulty, inconvenience, worry, anxiety, stressful times, unpleasantness, deficiency, drought, void, lack, absence, need, failure, sadness, regret, despair, unhappiness, downheartedness, grief, all descriptive of those three areas that fear, doubt and distrust had no place to rest in her soul. She was girded and ready. Her lamp was always on. And the brightness of her spirit, man, overshadowed the darkness of the enemy. There was no place for him to rest. John 1.5 says, And the light shines on in the darkness, for the darkness has never overpowered it, put it out or absorbed it or appropriated it, and it is unreceptive to it. I just want to focus on those three areas tonight that that woman invested into that we could just, and I do it in my own life, make a check to see how am I doing in those three areas? Because I believe if we are strong in those areas, we're going to last the distance. We're going to do what God has called us to do, fulfill the mantle on our life. And we are going to actually inspire and help so many other people. The first thing she has invested into was her spiritual strength. Her relationship with God was her life force. That's where she lived from. He was the one that provided the light in the darkness. She was continually plugged into him, the Bible says. Her lamp never went out. Now recently, uh, and, and this morning Paul made mention to needing to have that personal cross-the-table exchange with Jesus. We don't need to hear about it secondhand. We actually need it for ourselves firsthand. And you know, we can, um, our dependency releases his authority. Our dependency on him is the authority that we live in. And that had taken place in this woman's life. And that's what enabled her, was what was her girding. Not just knowing about him, but actually knowing him intimately. You can't know someone unless you spend time with them, unless you make exchange with them, unless you experience walking with them, not just knowing about them. You know, I grew up knowing about God. I grew up in a religion that I knew about God and about Jesus, but I was never taught that I could actually know him for myself, actually have a personal relationship with him, an intimate relationship, a real relationship. A tangible relationship. I was never taught that until somebody when I was 18 told me about Jesus and that he actually wanted to have a relationship with me. He wanted to come and walk beside me, journey in life through me, empower me. And, you know, I've been getting to know him ever since because how many know you don't just, 
It's an ongoing thing. It's the same in marriage, in a relationship. It's ongoing. You get to know more and more and more about a person the more time you spend with them. In verse 15 of Proverbs, it says, She rises while it is yet night and gets spiritual food for her household and assigns her maids their tasks. Her connection was clearly her priority. All of her relationships were important in her life, but her main relationship, her most priority in her life was her relationship with her God. He was her lifeline. And that connection that she had with him enabled her to give wisdom to others. It wasn't just her own wisdom. It was actually wisdom from God that was imparted to those that are around her. The second essential area she invested into in her life was her mental strength. Very important. Paul talked about this uh, in the 8 a.m. or yeah, 8 a.m. service this morning about being brainwashed. Very important that we have our mental health strong. The way she did that was she actually stood on the word of God. She act, she she meditated on the word of God. The word of God was what she lived from. Not her own thinking, not other people's opinions, not self-help books, but the word of God. She was strong in the knowledge of God and his word, and that's what helped her to navigate her way through life. No matter what come when compromising or circumstances or disappointments or even success came her way. Her foundation was set in the word of God. Her girding was in God's word. She was strong mentally. So everything that came her way, she kept her heart and mind fixed towards her God. She also, the Bible says, that had a strong sense of self. She knew who she was in God. She knew who God had called her to be and what he had called her to do. And she didn't allow obstacles and insecurity take her out, trip her up. She was strong in God because she knew him and she knew who he had called her to. She had her mind girded in him. You know what we feed our mind on will determine where we live our life from, whether we live it from our spirit or from our soul. I've experienced both. I know when I fall over into living out of my soul and I have to correct and say, no, speak to your soul. Say, no, this is what the word of God says. There's a study that was done from the Rhode Island Psychological Association and it says our mental health strengthens and supports our ability to have healthy relationships, to make good life choices and maintain physical health and well-being to handle the natural ups and downs of life and to discover and grow toward our potential. Having God's word, and I know we know it, but actually taking his word, renewing our mind with his word, living his word, letting it be anchored in our thinking, not just hearing it from someone else, but anchoring it in our mind. That's what gives us mental stamina and stability. It's like a roadblock to the enemy. When the enemy comes and says, you can't, you're no good, that'll never, that's impossible, you can stand on the word of God and say, no, that is not going to have place in my life because you have mental stamina and stability from the word of God. Galatians 5.1 says, Christ has set us free to live a free life. 
So take a stand. Never again let anyone put a harness of slavery on you. That's what the enemy wants to do, put a harness of slavery on us. The Message Bible says you're blessed when you get your inside world, your mind and heart put right. Then you see God in the outside world. I love that. You know, the enemy doesn't want us to live a, a more kind of life. He doesn't want us to live successful, significant, strong lives. His aim in life is to keep us contained, insecure, small-minded. But the Word of God expands and challenges and corrects and releases us. And it needs to correct us at times. I don't know about you, but I know in my own thinking, I need your Word, God, because that, that's stinking thinking right now that I've got. And the Word of God changes us and releases us. Psalm 119.130 says, The entrance and unfolding of your words give light. Their unfolding gives understanding, discernment and comprehension to the simple. I love that. It's an unfolding. That means we need to go over it and over it and over it until we get it. You know, if we're still struggling in some thinking, it means it's not anchored. The word's not anchored. We need to go to the word and let it unfold over and over and over our mind until it's angled and we think and act differently. I love what A.W. Tozer says, and I live, long to live in this place. How completely satisfying to turn from our limitations to a God that has none. A God that has no limitations. Now, when I, I became a Christian... I was 18 years old. I came from a very broken background, had a lot of stuff happen in my past. And I had some serious mind shifting that had to take place. I mean serious. And the thinking that I had allowed to direct my life was very unhealthy to the point where just before I became a Christian, I wanted to end my life because I could not see any way out. The only way out, I thought, was to take my life. And I had to go to God's word because my thinking was so counterculture to what God had in store for my life, what God was speaking over my life and what the word of God was saying. And I had to go to that word and wash it over my thinking. And you know what? It was an ongoing wrestle. And from time to time, it still is for a shorter time, ongoing wrestle. Ongoing wrestle with my soul and my spirit man, to actually believe what God says about me. And I know we all go through that, and we have to make sure that that word is anchored, and that's what I had to do, anchor it in my thought life. People have often asked me when they hear my testimony, what are the keys, Marie? You know, maybe they're a newer Christian or somebody that has struggled for years with areas where I, I was sexually abused and had stuff happen on, in drugs and a whole lot of stuff happened in my life. I'm only skipping over it. It was very, de very uh, deep, hard stuff that I've had to re work through. It's just I don't have time to tell all that story. But they've said, what are keys, you know? And I had to, I've had to honestly say, do you know what? It's the word of God that has changed me. The biggest thing that has changed my life is actually the word of God. It's going to the word of God. Yes, I've needed people around me to support and encourage and correct. That's what my husband has been in my life, a good correction to say, no, that's not right, Marie. That's not God's thinking. That's important, but I've had to go to the Word of God and find it for myself. But when I've found it, I've had to actually believe it. 
you know, you can read it, but then there's a point where you have to actually say, I'm going to actually believe that God loves me. God has a plan for me. That my past is forgiven. My far as the east is from the west, there is no part of my past, like Paul said, that can nullify you from having the life that God wants you to have. No one else can do that. You have to believe that for yourself. And that's what I had to do. But the word of God works. It changes us. Hebrews 4.12 puts it like this. For the word of God is living and active and full of power, making it operative, energizing and effective. It's sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating as far as the division of the soul and spirit, the completeness of a person and of both joints and marrow, the deepest parts of our nature, exposing and judging the very thoughts and intentions of the heart. I love that. It's powerful. Proverbs 12.3 says, You can't find firm footing in a swamp, but life rooted in God stands firm. My swamp was my thinking. And it needed to be changed. And it was his word that was and still is to this day, purifying, refining, refreshing, redirecting my thinking to enable me to stand strong and think clearly. My self-confidence, my sense of self was totally eroded away. And I had to go to the word and say, what does God say about me? What does God think of me? Who does God say I am? And I had to renew those old ways of thinking, And then, like I said, say yes and amen to them and accept them for myself. I used to look at Paul and think, you know, if God really wants to do something with my life, then he'll tell Paul and Paul will tell me. I'm like, no, 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 that's not going to happen, sweet child of mine, God said. <laughs> you have to, I've called you to walk beside Paul, not behind him, and you have a relationship with me and that's for you to find and discover. And I've had to learn to do that with the help of my husband. You know, we can't receive the fullness of God if we don't understand how valuable we are to him. There is a sad generation out there that just, if only they knew how much God loved them and accepted them and valued them. We have a real epidemic of mental health in our nation. And I'm sure it's in this nation too. And really it's just people, they just don't know their love. They don't know they're valued and they try all other crazy kinds of things to try and find what only God can give them. A sound mind and a, a solid love. John 7.38 says, He who believes in me, who cleaves to and trusts in and relies on me, as the scripture has said, from his innermost being shall flow continuously springs and rivers of living water. I love that. His word had to come along and keeps coming along and it challenges me, washes over my mind and helps me to live with clear waters in my thinking. Thirdly, the area that this incredible Proverbs 31 woman teaches us from is her physical strength. She invested into her physical strength in two ways. Not just physical in exercise, although I do think that's very important. In fact, I had a, a Hungarian lady talk to me recently, didn't know her before. She said, oh, can I ask you a question? And I was like, yeah, sure. And she said, do you exercise? I'm like, oh my gosh, this is a loaded question. 
Um, I said, well, I used to, but I haven't done it for about a year. And uh, she said, well, you know what you need to do? She said, you need to either get a personal trainer or you need to put a backpack on with weights in it because you've got a curvature of the spine. I'm like, I didn't even know this woman. I was like, thank you very much for that information I didn't ask you for. (laughs) Now I have to do something about it. She said, then she said, which even got worse, excuse me, the older you get, uh, the more you need to be stronger to last the distance. And it got me thinking about that. And, you know, you do need physical fitness so that you can last a distance, so that you can do what God has called you to do. And I'm working on that, a work in progress. But she also got her strength because she didn't get weary. She didn't burn out from stress, from worry. You know, a lot of people burn out or wear out physically from stuff they're carrying that they're not supposed to be carrying. Weariness, disappointment, whatever. And, you know, it's sad to see that we have to learn to yield our life to God. And that's what this woman did. She yielded her, her life, she gift, the gifts that God placed in her life, she yielded to God and used them for God's purpose. And it invigorated her. It gave her strength. Strength. It gave her physical stamina to last the distance. That doesn't let us off the hook that we don't need to exercise or take care of ourselves because we do. It is important. But her strength came from actually fulfilling what God had given her. She knew what her God design and fit was and she used it for God's purpose. Living in the purpose of God is actually invigorating. You know, people don't burn out because they're working for God or they're fulfilling what God wants them to do. I've heard a lot of people say, you know, you burn out in ministry. That's not true. People burn out because they're carrying stuff they shouldn't be carrying. They don't carry, burn out from doing what God's called them to do. Like Paul said, God graces each and every one of us. And we should always have enough time to invest into ourself and our health. I, I you know, like that old... Hungarian lady that talked to me because she was why she actually had a daughter that was a professional skater so she she obviously every time she saw somebody looked at their curvature and their spine and and thought I can give them some tips because I, I trained my daughter to be a, a great uh, skater but the woman Proverbs 31 woman this is my point her core strength because she was telling me I needed to strengthen my core and her core strength came from her God. He was her sustainer. He was her reason for everything she did and she was fulfilled in him and in his purpose for her life. He gave her that inner strength because she was totally surrendered to his ways. Her strong arms, the Bible talks about, were in her God. They weren't in her own strength. They weren't in her own giftings. They were in her God. He made her strong. She trusted in the strong arm of God. And in the darkest times, in the coldest times, the night light directed her. She was girded and ready. Isaiah 41.10 in the message says, You're my servant serving on my side. I've picked you. I haven't dropped you. Don't panic. I'm with you. There's no need to fear for I'm your God. I'll give you strength. I'll help you. I'll hold you steady. Keep a firm grip on you. Sometimes I think 
when we go through life, we forget that God's actually on our side. He's got us in the palm of our hand. We just need to stay close to him. Don't distance ourselves from him. But, you know, weariness, as I said, it comes from self-striving rather than self-surrender. We're not meant to do life in our own strength, but surrendered to him and his strong arm. And the Bible tells us in our weakness, he is strong. Last year I had a, had a situation happen in my life where I found myself, I had an incredibly heartbreaking disappointment that came my way. And I thought I was strong, I thought I was okay, but I found myself distancing myself from God rather than surrendering to the strong arm of God because I was, I was hurting and I was disappointed and I, the disappointment ended up turning my heart around towards being disappointed in God, even though it was not anything to do with God. But I found myself being disappointed in God and it distanced me from him. And I realised one day that, what, what is going on, Marina? I was fearful of what might happen or what might not happen because I didn't have control over this situation. And instead of leaning into the strong arm of God and allowing him to strengthen me and help me, like I said, I found myself in a place that I never thought I would find myself in because I've never blamed God for anything that's happened. I've had a lot of heartache in my life, never blamed God for what had taken place, but I found myself in this place. And internally, I was striving. I was struggling inside and I had allowed this disappointment to lodge into my soul because I, didn't, I wasn't living out of my spirit, man. I allowed it to lodge in my soul. And it literally was wearying me. It was taking the life out of me. It was sapping the life out of me. And that's what happens when we hold on to stuff, when we, we switch over into that soul realm rather than leaning on the strong arm of God and living out of our spirit. It saps the life out of us. And I found myself in a place that I was, I was getting worn out. And it was like one night Jesus just came to me and unexpectedly in worship and I felt like he just sat beside me in my chair and said Marie I actually know how you feel I know what it's like to be disappointed I know what it's like to feel any human feeling that we may go through in life because he felt it lived as a natural man carried it all on the cross for you and I and he said I actually know but you know what the only way for you right now is to surrender it to me, just like I had to surrender at the cross when I said to the Father, if there's any other way, I didn't want to accept what was happening. It was like, I don't want this. I didn't want it. And that, that rebellion, I guess, in me allowed this thing to get into my soul. And he came beside me just very gently and lovingly and said, Marie, you have to surrender it to me just like I had to surrender to the Father. And in that surrender, you will find life. You will be refreshed. And I found in that, that experience that I did have to remind my soul that he was in control and allow him to just help me to stand up again. And I'm standing strong tonight because of the surrender to him. And that woman's underpinning all her strength, all her success, all her significance was her fear and surrender to the Lord her God. He was the one that enabled her spiritually, mentally and physically to man up and experience the more kind of life. 
And I would love to pray for you. And if we could have the musicians back now, that would be awesome, guys. Thank you. I'm just going to read out a scripture and Paul's going to come and uh, pray with you as well. But Proverbs 3, 5 to 8 says, Trust in the, and rely confidently on the Lord with all your heart and do not rely on your own insight or understanding. In all your ways, not just some of your ways, know and acknowledge and recognise him and he will make your path straight and smooth, removing obstacles that block your way. Don't be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord with reverent awe and obedience and turn entirely away from evil. It will be health to your body, your marrow, your nerves, your sinews, your muscles, all your inner parts and refreshment, physical well-being to your bones. The strength of the Lord outworked in our life actually distinguishes us from those that don't know Jesus. Did you know that? It's the strength of the Lord that they see in us. When we trust and lean on and surrender to the strong arm of God, people will look at our lives and say, what is it about you? What is that? I want what you have. And it's not your own strength. It's actually the strength of God. C.S. Lewis, just as I close, says, don't shine so that others can see you. Shine so that through you, others can see him. Thank you for taking the time to listen. If you have any questions, please email us at admin at victorychurch.net.au. 